Life in the time of Corona. I'm your host, Lindy. Everyone's lives are being impacted by the coronavirus outbreak, but no two people's experiences are the same. In this podcast, we hear from people from different places, different walks of life, with different stories to tell. Today, we're speaking to Eugene, a technologist working in Singapore. Closely connected to China with direct flights to Wuhan, Singapore was one of the first countries to report coronavirus cases at the end of January. Despite this, there has only been about 600 cases and two deaths in the country to date, and has been heralded in its ability to contain the virus within its borders. Let's speak to Eugene to understand how this has been achieved. Hi, Eugene. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Eugene, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Where are you from? So I'm、uh, I'm Eugene,、uh, born and raised in Singapore.、Um, my for work, I'm in the crypto blockchain space, and yeah, I'm just a thirty-something professional, you know, living in Singapore. Eugene, when did you first hear about the coronavirus? I think we heard about it in January.、Uh, I think yeah, sometime in January. Because what happened was the first cluster was、um, was like a couple from Wuhan that came to Singapore and they attended like a church service or something. So that was when the news kind of broke.、Um, before that, we were also I mean because we were quite closely linked to China, right? So we were hearing news from it there already. So I think most of Singapore was at that time was already kind of anticipating it. But when we heard about the news, was the first cluster happened and everyone was like. Straight away, right? People started freaking out. What do you mean by freaking out? Well, we saw the first wave of like panic buying, and everyone was just concerned.、Um, I think this is also quite imbued in Singaporean culture. So I, I guess most Singaporeans would know.、Uh, we we have a few like Singaporean character traits, right? And when these things happen, like people start to get really anxious. So we started seeing like. Panic buying.、Um, Pictures started going viral in Singapore where people were just buying toilet paper, buying you know noodles. That deep. and but this was interesting because at the time we haven't seen that from the rest of the world because we were one of the the first few, right? So yeah, so so the so a lot of Singapore was kind of like divided into in two, right? There were there were the the group that that was like panic buying, and. The other half was kind of like, what's happening? Like, what's everyone doing? Like, why?、Um, why is this happening? And I think the good thing about Singapore is that when that happened,、um, there was like a lot of、uh, sort of negativity、uh, brought upon the people who were, ho- were hoarding stuff, right? And so it kind of died off really quickly.、Mm-hmm. But I think the overall sentiment since then has been the Singapore government is doing such a great job with、um, containing it. Yeah, so Singapore was one of the first nations to introduce measures to contain the virus. What measures were implemented at the beginning? Yeah, they were like I think Singapore was the third nation、uh, right after Russia and North Korea to sort of like deny entry to Chinese travelers. I think that happened、uh, on the first of February. So, so like all residents like returning to the country, they had to go through like fourteen day quarantines, and there was no entry to sort of like what we like short term visitors. So、mm-hmm. I think that was really good because that happened in Feb, 
And and the good thing about Singapore is also that I feel the government is actually really united and 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 strong. Mm-hmm. In enforcing all these things, and they were really quick, because I mean SARS kind of affected us quite a bit, right? Um, back mm-hmm. back then, so the government was like saying that, oh, you know, we've been preparing. That that that, that was actually the first message um, that hit all Singaporeans that oh, the government is, has been preparing for this since SARS. So then people were like, what what does that mean, right? So they were like, mm-hmm. oh, we we we've built um like quarantine places we have policies in place um they, they've got like inter uh, interdepartment task force that was set up to do with all these things like i think it's just infrastructure and mm-hmm. and people started going crazy with the mask thing as well right but so the, one of the the first things that assured singaporeans was the government was like hey you know what we have stockpiles of this we're going to give out four free masks to every household so don't worry people were talking about it that was all people were talking about online like oh how do we get the free mask and and yeah so i think the government did a great job right at the start you know yeah so in many western countries there's been a negative attitude towards people wearing surgical masks outside in singapore was there a culture of wearing masks outside before the virus began there was there was um but if i remember correctly when the virus started hitting Europe and America, most Singaporeans this is this is what I noticed. Like most Singaporeans weren't wearing masks already. Like the the situation was kind of calm already after that. So there was this there was this minister who held like a closed door session, business owners, and that kind of com- that that conversation actually got leaked out to the public, right? And talking about masks, there was one line which he said. He said that that the ministers like actively not wear masks when giving public speeches because they didn't want to like create fear. So so I think they, 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 they're quite detailed in that. Like mm-hmm. the response from them um, so far has seemed more planned than, than reactive. Yeah, so I think that has been one of the defining characteristics of Singapore's response. The opposite seems to be true for a lot of Western countries affected, take Italy or the US, for example, where there has been no planning for such outbreaks at all. So now everyone's playing catch up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, we, we hear stories like in America where they don't have stockpiles um, and and even testing is a problem. But that's not the case in Singapore. Like Singapore, they, they do test people pretty liberally. We don't get like that kind of um, sentiment where, oh, yeah, there's a shortage of tests over here. Yeah. I mean, it's also easier to test, right, when you're such a small country. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think a very important fact is is that because if you bring it back, right, like Singapore's not, Singapore's like less than 100 years old, right? We we, we were independent in 1965. So, so all this that we see was like, you know, built really quickly, right? So there's this, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about how, oh yeah, Singapore from uh, came to a first world country from like a fishing village in like record time, right? Um, so when you ask, yourself like how did that happen how that happened was because i think when singapore was growing the government placed a lot of emphasis on on, on like con- stuff like control um which is why sometimes you hear stories about singapore being that the people are not really free here and stuff but there's a reason for it right like if you want to grow a country really quickly you need that right that's that's just the way it is so it's a lot of things are really efficient things work so that being said 
people are used to that here. So when the government says, okay, we're going to issue stay-home notices and we're going to enforce it, like people are just like used to it. Like nobody's fighting with them saying, hey, what about my rights? You know, what about this? They understand like control and yeah, it's just normal. It's just daily life here, you know? So, so for example, right, like actually this is pretty fresh news. Like just mm-hmm. this week, they announced that all public entertainment uh, venues are going to close. So... So they were saying they, they gave like specific rules, events with like 250 people or more must be suspended. Um, and yeah, entertainment, like cinemas are going to close. So, I mean, we, we understand it over here. Like there's no resistance. There's no like when, when people introduce social distancing stuff here and, and it's, yeah, it's just widely accepted. People understand it. And, and I think it's also got to do with the amount of education that the, the government did, right? Yeah. So in the last week, Singapore recorded its first two deaths after two months of the virus first infecting people locally. Mm-hmm. Has that spurred a new wave of anxiety or people accepting it as a normal cause of this virus? I think it hasn't. Uh, I think people were kind of expecting it and we, and they were like, oh, we we've, because in the media before, they were like, oh yeah, Singapore has no deaths, right? For a long time, For I mean, for a couple of months. Yeah. So people were kind of expecting it. Uh, I think what affected people more was actually the um, the announcement of the lockdown measures in Malaysia. So that actually, so that, that, mm-hmm. was, that was strange because it it sparked a second wave of of panic. So so things were going down. People stopped wearing masks. People went out. Mm-hmm. You know, people were still going to like crowded places. You know, there's like pictures of of young people partying and wearing masks, you know, and things were pretty calm, right? While the rest of the world was, you know, start, started to go crazy. Yeah. And then when they when they announced the Malaysian lockdowns, people started thinking, oh, I think a lot of um, sort of like daily supplies come from Malaysia. So now that the lockdown is happening, like we're going to have a shortage. So it's kind of, sp- it sparked off like a second wave of, of panic buying. Yeah, but I think that didn't last long but i think the lockdowns in malaysia kind of affected singapore way more than the news of the deaths oh wow okay and what are people especially concerned about in terms of daily supplies here in the uk people have been panicked buying toilet paper and the like are singaporeans any different in what they're buying it's the same thing it's like toilet paper hand sanitizer um instant noodles uh yeah it's the same it's the same stuff and but but I think because after the first time it happened, um, there was this huge like online backlash, right, against panic buying. And what happened was I I, I saw like Singaporeans um, sort of reacting yeah. well because the message bet- the message was like, hey, you know, like we're in this together, right? Like why are you doing this? You know, just buy what you need. Um, so mm-hmm. so for example, like even for the mask, it's not delivered to our, to you know, it's not delivered to Singaporeans, right? We have to go to collect them. So this, so I mean, people were like mm-hmm. starting to start started to to have more of a community mindset where it's like, okay, I'm I'm only gonna buy what I need. Um, so the, the second wave of panic buying, I think, didn't last as long as the first, because, um, yeah there was just so much negativity um, online. So I think people here are just more, um, they're just afraid of that, I guess. And we started to see more stories about how like, oh yeah, hand sanitizers are made available at public um, like lifts and all like people just leave it there. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of a community spirit here and it helps us all that that we, we're a small country. 
And where do the citizens go to collect these supplies, for example, the face masks? So the Singaporeans will go to the nearest community centre to collect them. So it's four per household. And mm-hmm. and the whole thing about only take what you need, um, yeah, was, was very, very strong here. I think Singapore does a good job of education. So I think they even started to educate like kids. So... For, for, for kids, they create characters to tell them to wash their hands, and we see we, we see it all over the place. There were videos and cartoons that were made about this. So I think overall, I would say that people are a lot calmer here, even now. Yep, yep. So it sounds like the government there has done a lot of social and educational programs around this virus. How has the economy been impacted during this time and what kind of economic measures have there been for people who may be losing their jobs during this time? Okay, for, for this there might be, but, but I don't think there's, any, there's been any prominent ones in the, in the news yet. Um, yeah. But I think the jobs, the, talking about the sentiment of jobs right in Singapore, I think it is pretty um evident like lots of people are talking about it so just i just just yesterday uh, i heard that um like lots of even my friends are like losing jobs um lots of people because i think singapore is quite strong with tourism as well yeah Uh, it's one of our main things um and i think it's really taken a hit so so you know we were talking about the whole um malaysia lockdown right and I, I see it yeah. affecting people in in ways that I guess most people don't see. So so like last week, so last week I went to the gym. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I, I went to a class, right? And so they have social distancing there too, where they reduce the sizes of classes and all that. And before I walked into the, to the room, I saw like the general manager of the place and the salespeople of the gym, like cleaning the mats and cleaning the weights and disinfecting the place. And I was like, what's going on? And and then when you start to think about it, mm-hmm. the reason why they had to do it was because they had no cleaning staff because a lot of the cleaning staff are Malaysian. Right. And they're now locked in Malaysia. Exactly. Yeah, they can't come back. So before the lockdown, there, were, there was like a rush at the border, right, where there was a lot of Malaysian workers who actually, before, before the date, they, they rushed back to Malaysia to sort of pack their clothes because they, they commute daily between Singapore and Malaysia for work. So what they were so what they did was they they went back to Malaysia, packed the clothes, and come back to Singapore so that they can continue working. And I think you see what truly matters, right? Because I think to them in their minds is putting food on the table outweighs the risk of of getting infected. You know, so they wanted to keep putting food on the table. So they had to work in Singapore and they want to lose their jobs. Yep, and I think those are going to be the tough choices people will need to start to make, especially in developing countries where people just can't afford to stay home with no support net. Yeah, 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 and you're right. And and also, we I'm sure like there are lots of people feeling the heat in 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 different ways, right? That you know that we don't know. So with Malaysia being in full lockdown, how has that affected Singaporean sentiment? Is the country considering a full lockdown as well? So I think you can tell like Singapore's response is kind of different, right? Where we, mm-hmm. we on the ground, we get the sense that it's very planned instead of reactive because they don't do straight lockdowns and they do, don't do straight shutdowns. So it's happened in phases. So before this, 
um, I think they started seeing how like a lot of the new cases in Singapore have been imported and the government yesterday like kind of warned everybody that oh, we, ex- we you know expect to see the number to uh, the number to rise because there's more as more Singaporeans sort of like come back from Europe so the number is going to rise mm-hmm. so I think I appreciate how how they were like they give they I mean we, we we start to see the leadership in Singapore right where instead of denying it or trying to quell it they, they were honest about it like expect the number to rise that's why we're doing these these measures and yeah. closing entertainment ven- uh, venues and all that and then people are asking them like oh what about schools right so then 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 the minister mm-hmm. came out and said we can't close schools because schools are essential and then people are like oh what about the children and he laid out a very clear argument where he said that, you know, in some cases, children might be safer in school because in school it's controlled. They're only hanging around with people their age. Um, they have strict um, sort of like hand washing, sanitization, uh, like routines, as opposed to them closing down schools. And what happens is that they might not stay at home and they might interact with adults more, which bring germs from, from work. And I think yeah. the main concern of not shutting down schools was also that um, to keep the deaf weight low that we they had to ensure that their that the health the frontline health workers were okay so when you close mm-hmm. schools what happens is that it disrupts normalcy so they have to find somebody to look after their child and they can't be in the front on the front lines fighting this right mm-hmm. so so i think a lot of it was very rational um and they've tried yeah. they've, they've really tried to to keep life going on as as much as possible I think one of the most successful measures that we hear about in Singapore has been around its ability to trace clusters at the early stages, test everyone potentially affected and subsequently quarantine everyone within a short period of time. How do you think this has been achieved so well? Um, I think that's one of the things that Singapore really did well uh, right off the bat. Like there were, there were stories in the news when it first came out um, that they that they managed to actually trace the clusters really quickly, and I think that goes back to how government surveillance and sort of like control uh, it's quite normal in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So there were news reports on how like the Singapore Police Force they they put significant resources into studying like surveillances, uh, surveillance cameras, as well as like um, very deep interviews with with people who were infected. But I think one of the coolest innovations uh, that's come out of this was that the Singapore government actually developed an app called Trace Together. And how it works is like it works with Bluetooth. So it detects who you come into contact with. So it makes it really easy. And they've also made the the code like open source for everyone in the world. So so that being said, right, like in Singapore, when when mm-hmm. things like that happen, when they roll out stuff like that, there there I wouldn't say there's no resistance at all, but there's very there's little um, you don't really hear much about it where whereas I feel like in other countries people the first thing would be like oh yeah you know what are you doing about data you know yeah or what would be the privacy concerns exactly right but in in, in Singapore that's not so much because it's, it's just yeah we accept that already so uh, I mean obviously they, they they came out and said that oh yeah you know it's not um, we're not going to use the data. It's only stored on your phone. It's encrypted. We don't know. We, we're only using it to do contact tracing and and nothing more. So yeah, I think that's cool. Um, it's it's been it's been quite the the talk of the town here. Like pe- everyone was like, oh yeah, you want to trace together. Mm-hmm. But you can see how for many other countries they might have less trust in the government. 
So how does the app work? You get notified if you've been in contact with someone infected. Yes, yes. So, so, so you receive a notification if, like, someone that you you've been in contact with is um has been has been tested positive, and then then you know what to do, right? Like, you go get yourself tested, and yeah. So I think it helps contain it where it it speeds, mm-hmm. so people people go and get tested sooner, and they know mm-hmm. quicker, so they don't infect anymore. Yeah. So from everything you've said, it does seem like Singapore has benefited from being on the more authoritarian of the governance spectrum, by being able to enforce these type of rules and technology, say similar to China. Yeah, I think for example, like when you compare even Hong Kong,、um, where they employed like a strict policy of like social distancing, and that was good,、um, but for us, it's kind of different where. We actually allowed like work in schools to continue at the start, right? And what happened was they,、um, they, they, mo- they mobilized a lot of resources to to for contact tracing, where they l- use a lot of public cameras and just to trace the footsteps of of patients, you know.、Um, and I think a lot of these lessons were learned from from SARS and and H one N one that that happened to us. So. So like even the local clinic and even local doctors, they were they were just aware of what they needed to do. I I guess we we've never had something on this scale before, right? So I think people are also more more receptive, um, to what do I need to do, because it's it's so it's 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 new, you know. So one thing that Singapore has done, um, that I'm not sure if the rest of the world, uh, I'm not sh- I'm not clear of their policies. But they've introduced、um, what we call like stay home notices. So it's different. It's different from a quarantine. So for example, like、uh, if you come from mainland China, you have to have like fourteen day quarantine. So,、um, but if you come from like other parts of the world, there's a fourteen day stay home notice. So actually, what happens right when you get a stay home notice? So you you have to just stay at home at all times for the、mm-hmm. next fourteen days. And if this applies to you, right, you will you will be issued like a an official like hard copy notice when you arrive through Singapore's、um, checkpoints,、mm-hmm. and and then you you get text messages that are sent that will be sent to you at various like times of the day from the authorities, and you will be and you will have to like give an update on your location with GPS on your mobile phone, so you can see how like this is like quite controlling, right? Yeah, it's very controlling.、Um, Yeah, exactly. And you might get like random phone calls and house visits from authorities because if you break this stay home notice, like it's you can go to jail. Like it's a ten thousand dollar fine or 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 jail. And if you if you get like a phone call, right? Sometimes they would ask you to take photos of your surroundings to verify your whereabouts. Wow, wow. So in in some sense, like on the when when people see this, um, they go like, okay, it's a bit controlling. But there is a sentiment of understanding as well. Like, yeah, sure, let's just comply. Let's just do this because I think there's the inherent trust of the government that they 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 got their shit together, right? So it feels like on the surface level everything is calm, but there's a lot that goes on below the surface to maintain the sense of control and、yes. BAU, and it's all built on the basis of a compliant society. It doesn't mean that they aren't implementing strict measures. I think it just means that they're being smart about it, and much of these super controlling measures are only implemented to a subsection of the society or to those who are affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not heard people complain about、mm-hmm. this. I've just hear people、um, just complying 
you know like i i don't think there's a there's there's no like movement of like let's let's rebel or let's defy stay home notices right um and or, or rather yeah. there's no complaints about why are they tracking my information yeah there's none of that so i think people understand yeah i think it says a lot about the trust the society has for the government and making timely good decisions with the information that this technology provides them I think even if this technology, as you said, is made open source in other countries, people in those countries may not comply and provide private information as required for the simple reason that they do not trust the bureaucrats to either be competent enough about processing that information in a timely, competent manner or see it as an opportunity to infringe on privacy. Yeah, I would I would say that you're right. Like I think obviously there's people that you know are going to disagree with me, but generally among all Singaporeans, I think most Singaporeans would would trust the government uh, with, in terms of like with their with with this sort of thing like with privacy and information. Maybe they'll be distrusting mm-hmm. of the government and other things, but this especially, I think most Singaporeans are kind of like okay with it. Like it's mm-hmm. not the first thing that would you know cause like a a freak out or a huge dissent, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it does help that there are less individual freedoms to encroach on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. You know, so like, like, but like I said, we we don't know, right? For all I know, in the next two weeks, like things might drastically change because of these additional measures. But um, yeah, I'll keep I'll keep you posted. Yeah, keep me posted. So, what about your own personal life? How has the outbreak changed the way that you live. My own personal lifestyle. I think most of uh, most of Singapore has like work from home measures, so I think that's um, I mean that's the main thing that has disrupted my life on a personal level. Um, well, well, what's what's interesting is that like I mentioned, the the entertainment values are going to close tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So there were there were. You, you people were like talking about how oh you know what everyone should go out tonight right and party yeah. because it's the last time we're gonna do that and straight away right the minister came out and was like no guys don't do that straight away <laughs> yeah yeah you, you can imagine yeah lots of young people were like oh no we, we're gonna go out tonight it's our last night <laughs> so I think we we haven't we haven't ex- as as a in in my life at least. Um, Singapore hasn't experienced this kind of lockdown, uh, or or rather the curb, this kind of measures in place. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know how it's going to affect us yet. But this work from home thing, it's yeah. It's, I mean, when I look at what we have and I look at what we've done, I'm pretty grateful because the government just seems more prepared and there's no cause for for panic. I haven't I haven't like stocked up on anything, you know. Like I just didn't feel the need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I look around the world, it just really reminds us you know like what truly matters here and there's this whole sense of 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 oneness right where we read about countries that have are helping others and and all that so i think it's in in singapore because we are a little bit ahead in a way we were closer so we've we've done the measures first there's also a global um, perspective on the ground here like everyone here is keeping track about what's happening in the world as well and um like Singapore is known for its mm-hmm. service economy, right? So that allows most, like most people, are white collar workers, um, like working in like I don't know 
football or yes. banking or whatever. That's kind、mm-hmm. of like the main service economy. So that allows people more easily to work from home. What about those people who might be working in kind of hawker centers or kind of the more blue collar jobs in、um, the country? Do you see any? Have you seen any impact on them? And what you know, what impacts might there be on them as we progress? And you know, less Malaysian workers can come in.、Um, you know, what other ripple effects might there be? Oh, we、time? haven't seen. Much though, I mean, I I went I went out for dinner last night, and the restaurant that I went to, like, they they employed like social distancing measures, so they had to cut their, um, the the occupancy of the the restaurant by half, so people were like seated apart. Um, for hawker centers, I think it's the, it's the same except because now everybody's work working from home, right? So I think food delivery is like、mm-hmm. at an all time high. And and what's cool is like in the de- delivery apps they've enabled a feature like contactless delivery, so the person would just leave the food outside your door and yeah um yeah I mean for us honestly like I think it's only gonna it's only starting because like I mentioned like it's only like very recent that they announced you know um oh you can't you can't you shouldn't hang out um in in groups of ten. So that that that's very recent,、mm-hmm. um, like yesterday or, or or two days ago or something like that, where where they just you know where the government has yeah it, it's together with the closure of entertainment venues. So they're saying like oh you shouldn't be out in public in, in groups of more than ten,、mm-hmm. um, which you know when you hear about places like in the Philippines is two or something like that. So I think here I think that the measures will slowly、yeah. pile on pile on as the numbers increase. I think at the start right because they were really good with with. Tracing and they're really good with policy, so they managed to like keep it together for 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 um for the first hit. But now, as as the the rest of the world is is um is getting worse, so I think they would slowly pile on the 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 measures. So I think we haven't felt the full brunt of it yet, because life, to be honest, over here is pretty much yeah. um yeah not much changes compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you know. Given that you had the initial cases under control because it was mainly coming from China, now might be a little bit more difficult to contain community spread.、Um, as、uh, like you said, people are coming back from all over the world, and、um, it gets a little bit more difficult to trace people when there's so many cases. Yeah, to yeah,、trace. and then the travel restrictions have come in place too for us, where. If you've um if you've come back from another from a foreign place, I mean you've got like fourteen day quarantine, right? So that's also like pretty 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 recent.、Mm-hmm. I think you know like um when the first few cases happened, right? We only like tested people from 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 Wuhan or or Hubei province, um, and then after that it progressed to us testing anyone who has been like in China within the la- within like the last fourteen days. And then in January, all our hospitals could do tests already.、Um, there was yeah, and then there was like、um, enhanced screening where anyone with、uh, like a respiratory illness could 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 get tested. So so I think over over time, when more cases happen,、um, the measures are the infrastructure is already set. It's already、mm-hmm. in place.、Um, so what so what the government needs to do is is to just really you know. 
flatten the curve and stop the spread with additional measures that, that weren't in place before. Right. Yeah. So it does sound like, you know, at least from you um, and kind of the general sentiment in Singapore is that the government really has this under control and you're confident in their measures to contain the spread. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's a sentiment where everybody is like just um, confident um, in them handling the, the situation because so far I think they, they, they've, they've done a pretty good job. Uh, if, you, if you look at the numbers right now, I think Singapore is just over 500 cases and only two yeah. deaths. And one of the deaths was like an imported, imported case, I think. So, yeah, so I, I mean, we, we haven't seen like, uh, we haven't seen anything that sort of like even hints at things going out of control. Yeah, and the government has also been really active in communicating. So from everything you've said, it does seem like it's been a very transparent process over there. Anything you think that the government should be doing and hasn't done yet? Um, no, I think really they've been pretty on point. Um, the, the, the leadership has been really organized. Um, so, so for example, uh, if, I mean, for, for those who don't know, like Singapore has been ruled by the same political party for as long as we can remember. So there was no like, I mean, that that's why the yeah. leadership is organized. And that's why I guess they're, they're effective. That there's no like having to like pass certain bills and, and, and fight, you know, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to fight to allocate budgets on a year to year basis and have a much longer time horizon in terms of planning. And in the case of countering virus pandemics, I think that's one of the most important factors. Yeah, so so I think they were they, they were pretty aligned and consistent, even right from messaging all the way to implementation. So like the US, it's election year in Singapore this year, right? Not that anyone really thinks there will be a different result, but how do you feel about that in light of the coronavirus? Yes. Uh... I think if anything, this is going to help the, 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 the government because, yeah, I think most people feel like they've done a good job, especially when we um, see what's been, what, what's happening with, with other countries in the world, around the world, right? So I think most Singaporeans are pretty grateful and, and they're like, yeah, you know, we do what we can. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there has, usually, usually they're, 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 Singaporeans are really good complainers, you know, and I think... I don't mean this in a bad way, but most Singaporeans will agree with this. And to be to be honest, I we haven't seen much much anti government sentiment like recently, you know, which 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 usually sometimes is the case. Yeah, but but what I'm interested to see is how these added measures are gonna affect it because like I said, we haven't seen the bulk of it, right? Like what like how is this how is the new measures uh, where where they're starting to close stuff? and people have to spend more time at home, like, how is this going to affect stuff? So I think we haven't seen that yet. And, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see whether, whether Singaporeans are going to be positive about it. Yeah, me too. And I think that would be an interesting touch point to come back to you at that point and see if anything has changed with relation to Singaporean sentiment. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Today, I was just, just read a report that um, so Singapore researchers apparently 
this this is this is like a top story today actually um so singapore researchers invent like a new uh covid19 test that can tell if someone is infected in five minutes oh really yeah 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 so this is uh so so it's from a team of scientists at singapore's uh, agency for science technology and research so yeah so they say that this test can can tell um if someone's infected in in five minutes so what will happen is that you take a, a swab of, of I think it's like any secretion yeah. and then they put it in a in a portable device that would give the result in about five to ten minutes wow yeah so so the team it's is this is like totally new so they're like submitting an approval for it to test in the next month and if it's approved this would be like I think mm-hmm. it's the fastest test globally wow yeah, so they worked on they worked on this for about six weeks, I think, and uh, so I think when when we when as as a Singaporean here, right, when we see stuff like that, we are we get the sentiment that there are a lot of people that are on this, you know, and it's not like we're not being flippant about it as a nation. Yeah, it makes all the difference when you have access to the tests, and the tests are accurate and they are freely available, right? Yes. I think where countries are struggling is where they don't have the infrastructure and facilities to perform mass testing on their citizens, and when the tests that they do have are inadequate, expensive, or simply inaccessible to the vast majority of people out there. Yeah, I completely agree. It just helps that Singapore is, has sort of like done well and is um it is a affluent nation, right? That they can afford um to put all the infrastructure in place as well as as forward planning. Completely agree. So congratulations, you're the first and only person I talked to who thinks their government has everything under control. Sounds like we should all move to Singapore, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a it's 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 a good place to be. Well, we'll see we'll see what happens in the next month, right, or or a week or two. Yeah, I'll keep my eyes open to see when they lift their travel bans. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. You come over. <laughs> Thanks. Will do. Thank you so much, Eugene, for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to hear how everyone is doing around the world as well. And uh, I just hope that, you know, in this time that, yeah, that everyone really can stay strong. And it reminds us that all of us are, are on team human, you know, yeah. and not so, and we're, yeah, we're just not so divided after yeah. all, right? Yep. Go team human. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Lindy. Thank you for listening to Life in the Time of Corona. I'm your host, Lindy. Connect with us on coronatime.life where you can also find local volunteering and donation links and resources. Next time, we'll be speaking to Francisca, an Austrian economist and asparagus farmer who will speak to us about how European farming has been impacted by coronavirus and whether we should be scared of food shortages. Also, her views on the implications on the Eurozone.